the more time you're thinking about it, the more time you're playing, thinking about the game, it just makes so much more value for the money that you put in it than if it's a game that you only think about when you're actually playing it. Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and I am doing erotic friend fiction. <laughs> I'm Kevin, and camera, you can take the day off. I added 10 pounds to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is Potter, and the only thing I know about this intro is a weird gif of a girl twerking, weirdly. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, those are noises I did not ever want to hear come from you, sir. Oh, God, it's so It's funny. the weird girl that tweaks. Uh, oh, God, I am up. Uh, uh, so there's going to be an opening on this show for a host. Tina, turn the car. <laughs> Tina, turn the car. Or anyway, uh, welcome to Three Minute of War Game, everybody. Now that we've completely derailed the show right from the jump. Are, are, are we sure that they want us Honestly, back? I could have turned the oh podcast gosh. into a Bob's Burgers podcast right then. I could go on for a long, long, long time. I've oh, I love it. It's such a good show. show. <laughs> anyway. It's on my list. It's on my list. I've not watched it, but it's on my list. Paul, yeah, I swear. I, Paul what's... I think, I, think, I think the advantage to that show over other ones is that like they're not necessarily really dysfunctional like they all like each other yeah it's wholesome oh, that's good that's a breath of fresh air for a it's a it's a very wholesome family. show yeah, yeah. And, 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 it, and it doesn't like seem like it would be but funny. it really is yes yep. yeah most most of your animated families are all very dysfunctional yeah now when it comes to adult cartoon animation not the belchers no the belchers gotcha. are like everything you want to be all right so what are we talking about today guys well, we're, we're still on our aftermath series. That's true. And and this time, uh, Chris is on the hot seat because Kevin and yeah. I have both been on the hot seat. So now it is Chris's turn. That's true. You'll be on the hot seat a little bit too, Paul. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about Corvus Belli's Infinity, which really any one of us could be in the hot seat for. But fair, um, that is fair. And I, I am going to be the your interviewer t- this evening. Uh, and also, uh, and I'll be asking both Paul and Chris most of the questions, but I think Paul wants to start by kicking off the elevator, or he wants to ask the elevator question, get us kicked off. <laughs> so, Paul, I'm going to hand you the reins. I'm, I, I, I'm fearing for my life here. So, Chris, you get on yes. an elevator, okay? You get on an elevator, and uh-huh. getting on the elevator with you is Sherry Berry. <laughs> And she says, oh, you're that guy from Three Men in a War Game. I've been looking to get into war games. I heard about Infinity. Why don't you tell me about it? We have a 10-minute ride. (laughs) Oh, my God. Only the North Carolinians will get this. Why this is so funny. Um, So, Sherry, uh, uh, Infinity (laughs) is a great game for you to get into. Uh, Why? Because it's got an excellent beginner approach with a system called code one that gives you 
all the streamlined rules that you need to learn the game that allows you to branch into the bigger game. It's probably one of the best designed beginner approaches in a miniatures game that I've seen in quite a while. So, and then you get big stompy robots, you get aliens invading from another part of the universe. You've got major giant corporations. What I feel you like that taking control of everything and <laughs> having military powers behind those corporations. It's fantastic. You should play it. All right. That's the, that's an actually, I feel like that was a real elevator pitch to a bad politician. Yes, it was. Paul, <laughs> Paul now for, for the war gamers listening, uh, can you evaluate slightly on the elevator pitch for infinity? What, what's, what's the, what's the, what's the thing that you want? You, you, you have a war gamer in the elevator at Adepticon. What is it? What is the infinity pitch? Uh, you're never not playing the game, sir. Uh, mm. no matter, no matter what's happening, you are involved. You can't be like, oh, let me run to the bathroom while you do your stuff and just tell me how I did because you are actively playing the game at all times. Mm. It's always your turn in infinity. That's right. Yep. And it's true. It's true. Like, like you're helping your opponent do their stuff. They're helping you find your, you know, check your angles and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you really are always involved. And that's one of the things that makes the game so great. Yep, best I go, you go ever. Yeah, yeah, and go back to our Infinity episode where we triple sploosh it and talk about why and and <laughs> what it is, what that makes that that mechanic so so great. Um, that both with the AROs and and your player turns and all that in your orders. But the only triple sploosh in the history of three men in a war game. It's true. So Chris. What is the main appeal that Infinity holds over you? So as we're going back, this is a game you are hyped to yes. go back into stores and play. What is it that holds the main appeal for you about Infinity? Um, so I think there's it's it's threefold for me. Uh, so the, the first one is going to be the models. Um, these are some of the best models, if not the best models uh, on the market. Um, you know, I, I will go out there on a limb and say that the, the sculpts are fantastic. Uh, every faction is, is themed very well for what they're doing. Um, and then the great thing is, is that within those models, you know, in the theming, you know, with the sectorials, you have different themes within one faction. Um, so from an aesthetic standpoint, you can really pull and draw on one thing if you that's what you like. Like so for me, for Pano, I am super into the military orders. And you know, I I dive deep into that and it's very, you know, knight themed, heavy armor, swords, um, you know, that thing that speaks to me. You got cloaks, you got your tabards, the 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 very medieval knight kind of feel. Um so the models are one thing. Uh, two is the always like you like you guys just said always your turn. Um, I as as anyone from a long time listener here knows we prefer alternating activations, but with this game with it being an I go you go in the ARO system, you're always playing. Uh, so that's great because even in alternating activations, there are still times where you're just sitting there just kind of waiting. This game you're not. You're always involved. You're always doing something. Um, and I think the third piece for me is the thematic gunplay in this game. You can really see and imagine and feel the what which, what's happening on the tabletop. It, it feels thematic. It it feels good from a gameplay standpoint, and like you can really just see the events unfolding. 
you know, just not with little pewter models running around. Like you can see it in your mind. And it, I, I love that aspect of the game. Damn, son, you just sold me the game all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, some of it is because I know I know what you're saying is facts, like straight up facts. Right. I mean, unless you love artichokes, because then there's really only one faction for you. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. <laughs> Paul, uh, what is the main appeal that Infinity holds for you, sir? I like it because it is fairly heavy on the uh, simulation side of things, but still feels like a game. And I think I think they hit a pretty good balance in N4 between the compromises you have to make for a game while still making it feel infinity deep. You know, there's still stuff that like feels a little heavy, but like at this point, it's it's thinned out enough that it, it it's workable a lot more. So I like the fact that it feels uh, straight up like a firefight in a futuristic uh, world, uh, which is, you know, exactly what they're going for. So that gets me stoked up every time. Plus, I love the, the interaction between players. And I know we always talk about the game, but I feel like with the way Infinity works that way um, and always always having to talk to your opponent about the game. Just makes it all the more fun, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that's one of its strong points. And I think that's that's a reason why the community uh, is is really good. And again, I've said it before, the switch from N3 to N4 amazed me because it was the least controversial new edition I've ever seen in any war game ever. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it's really it is. It's hard to uh, to dispute that. Um, I want to go back to uh, Chris's point about the game being cinematic, though, and and hopefully not put you guys each on the spot too much and and also try to ha- not go into too much detail. But if you can think back to a specific example that you have of the game being very dynamic and very uh, and cinematic, just so that oh. like a listener mm-hmm. that may not have played the game can really because because you can hear that a lot. Right. People, like, this game is cinematic. And they're like, what does that mean? You know, and sometimes a game disappoints you. And I don't feel like Infinity disappoints you at all in this respect. Um, yeah. So if you guys can each give one example, that would be awesome. So, so one comes to, to mind for me. Um, it was one of our, one of my early code one games against Paul. Um, and I was, so I was running uh, a vanilla Pano list uh, in, in code one. And so I was, I had a NIS sniper. Uh, in the, in I hate basically. this story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was my NIS sniper and he was, he was up in the, in the tower and, so it, for for anyone that has that's you know just listening for the first time about Infinity, the one of the great things about it is is everything works off of orders, and each model in your army list can generate one and sometimes more orders, but anyone can take those orders in there within certain parameters or certain ones that you can and cannot. But regular orders, you can you can activate the same model as many times as you have regular orders if you want. So if you got ten regular orders, you can activate this one model ten times. And so he's up in the tower and he's, yeah, I'm drawing a bead on a dude and, you know, boom, headshot, take the guy out. And it's like cock reload, right? Activate another order, run and get in a different position, grab, you know, grab another target, boom, shot, cock reload, run and go take another uh, uh, spot, find another target, boom, cock. I mean, I took out three 
four dudes. And normally with your snipers, you aren't aggressive with them. Like they're usually there to cover lanes of fire, um, you know, things. But like this, for whatever reason, it was I was on a roll and it just in my mind, it's like enemy at the gates and it's freaking, um, oh, God, Jude Law, you know, I think that's right, who was in mm-hmm. Enemy of the Gates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just running, cock and shoot, running, cock and I mean, that's, in my mind, that's exactly what's going on. And I, I could clearly see this dude just running, taking position, pulling the trigger. Got him. Run, take a position, pull the trigger. Got him. Like, it was so great. I love, that was one of my most fun and favorite moments in an in Infinity game so far. Yeah, he was seeing cinematic moments, and all I was seeing was two and three on my dice. <laughs> yeah, your dice were not doing well that day. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer, and and the thing that I'm thinking of actually happened um, actually several years ago now when I tried to get into Infinity uh, for the second time because it took three times, and I was playing uh, Jesse Ward and. Uh, we were playing one of the missions with the control room, the 8x8 control room that sits in the middle of the board. And so there were there were buttons in there to push. So I got multiple – I got like two guys into uh, the control room and just kind of tucked them into the corners, each one guarding a different door. And with the angle that he had on the one, he was able to snipe one of them down. But the other guy, he couldn't get an angle on. Um, so he was well hidden. And what ended up happening is he he moved guys up and one of them came into the door and we ended up just shooting at each other. And I ended up rolling a crit, even though he had like, you know, like three or four dice rolling and I had the one since it was an ARO and I crit. So I automatically hit and then, and then three, that's a wound. So the way I envision this going in my head is that this guy busts into the room and tries getting off it, getting off his shots. But my guy just like blasts him in the head and all of his shots go like up into the ceiling as he's falling down. So it was it was pretty awesome seeing that and and having that happen. It was it was pretty awesome. It was it was a very memorable moment. It's it's so cool. And if you will uh, oblige me and let me tell one, too. Absolutely. Please, please do. It is three men. I know, I know. I just, I'm supposed to be interviewing, right? As you were talking, I just had this like really great moment come into my head. And, and so it was basically the end of uh, my opponent's turn two into the start of my turn three. And at the end of turn two, uh, he had placed a character out at uh, a one of the consoles in, in the middle of the game. So he's he's got a guy out there basically trying winning an objective point. So if you're thinking this like a movie, it's the guy who's run out and he's like hacking the computer, right? Doing the job that he needs to do. And so I think I'm the main character in this movie, right? So I have my my badass guy sneak around the corner. He goes to take, you know, just lean in and take a shot, puts a couple bullets in and use and my my opponent's character ducks behind the console and all of a sudden, my character just drops dead, uh, bullet through the face. And that's because his sniper came out of cloak uh, from a higher ledge halfway across the board. And what he knew is that he was protecting his main character who was doing the objective hacking. And that what really happened is he was the star of the movie, right? My character was just a guy that came around the corner and tried to shoot him. But he had his boy <laughs> and a sniper nest to just just like deck my guy in the face. 
Yeah, I, I, that's one of the great things about with Infinity as well, too, because you have all the cloaked models and, and the hidden stuff. Like, I can just imagine, like, the digital camo just, like, coming off of them real quick right as they're firing at you. It's just – it's such a great, like, theme for the game. I love it. Yeah. It, and it's, it's re- it was really, really, really cool. Like, it was such a, like, I wasn't even mad. I was like, you know what? I'm not even mad. I should have known that you wouldn't have gone out there completely unexposed, which I thought you were doing. <laughs> I should have known better. <laughs> well, and, and basically what this is telling me, Kevin, mm-hmm. is that, yes, the game has a high rules overhead. Yeah. But it's worth it. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I've, that's the I've thing, right? Like – there's games with high rules overhead that you're just like, this isn't worth the time and effort to learn all of this. But with Infinity, it feels worth it because of that cinematic nature of the game. Oh, yeah. I would I would like I would say it is worth it. Right. Like there's just no doubt in my mind it's worth it. Yep. Yep. Oh, OK. All right. So going forward from the main appeal, guys. Um, so starting with you, Chris, uh, well, you guys can both sort of ping each other on this one because you're in the same community more or less. Um, but the mm-hmm. question is, do you have a community in the, in the, the area or will you be building one as the pandemic lifts? Uh, we do actually have a community, um, and we've gotten pretty lucky that we've all gotten to, at least stay connected through discord, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, I know we actually, ju- our local community actually just did a uh, tabletop simulator league so we could get some games in. Um, and people, when they have time are like, Hey, who wants to get a game in? And we're utilizing t- tabletop simulator. Not so much me just cause I, I, I appreciate tabletop simulator as a tool. It's just not a format that I want to play games as. Um, but I mean, I am appreciative for the, that it's there for everybody else and it's helped keep our community connected. Um, and we do, uh, right as the pandemic entered into its height, uh, we actually got one of our local guys to be a war core. He got approved. So we actually have a war core for our area as well, too. So we, we are lucky in that standpoint that we've, we've stayed connected. And I think once all this is done, the, we've got some great plans on going forward and getting some tournaments, getting some events. Um, and getting, you know, just back out on Wednesday nights and, you know, throwing dice. Amazing. Do you think either one of you guys will step up to be a war core? Sorry if you answered that a little no, bit. No, um, I think I think I got I cut my teeth on that with Atomic Mass Games with, um, you know, with uh, Marvel's Crisis Protocol and figured it for me. I, it's, uh, it's it's not for me. I'm not the kind of person to run events and, and do those things. It's fun. I'm, I enjoy being a part of the community, but running it, and making sure it thrives. That's just some pressure and stress that I don't want. I do this. <laughs> this is this is my thing. I don't yeah, I don't have yeah, time yeah. for that if I'm if I'm going to do that. Yeah, I I hear you. I don't know how much of a community organizer I can be either. Like having the free time that I've had through the pandemic, like it'll be it'll be a lot just to get out and play a couple. Yeah, of it's going to it's going to be weird when that starts happening. And I'm like, oh, you know, one night a week. I can is now- leave my house. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of friends who I'm vac- that who are vaccinated who, you know, I've been able to sneak out and play some some uh, card games and stuff with. So. It's like just it's like it's weird. It's like deeply weird being like because we've done them outside, you know, at little card tables in a garage or whatever. And it's still just so strange. Um, so, guys, what does a person need 
uh, if they want to jump in and start a post-COVID group. So they've listened to this episode. They've listened to our uh, episode on Code 1. And they're like, you know what? Infinity sounds amazing. And I want to dip my toes in and, and really like try and start getting a community together. What does a person need? Oh, sorry. I was on mute. Um, it sounds like my meeting's at work. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, I mean... Obviously, um, you know, you, you need people that will want to play with you as well, too. Um, you know, barring that, if you've got a couple of friends that are looking at it, um, I would always, I, honestly, my first thought is, is, is start with code one. You know, get, get one or two people to go out there and see if they could, they wouldn't mind splitting uh, the Colostrum box. It's the, currently, it's the only box that they've got right now, but there are releasing another Code 1 two-player bottle uh, box later on this year uh, with uh, Ariadna and, oh God, who was the other one in it? Tunguska Nomads. Nomads. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. So Ariad and Nomads. So um, and it's their two sectorials. Um, so it's the the the, the Russian Ariadna and as you just said the Tunguska. Right. I think I hope I pronounced that right. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So so that's coming out and obviously with those comes and both of those will probably or I know Kalstrom has terrain. It's got some starter missions for you to run through. Um, it's got dice. It's got templates. Um, it's got all the models. Then I'm pretty sure uh, that I'm, you know, I'm 99.9% sure that the two-player one that will come out later on this year will have the same thing, just obviously with the different factions. Um, and actually, just this past March, um, Corvus Belli did a expansion kit for the uh, the scenery, the terrain that comes with the Callstrom box. And this isn't like you know cheap rinky-dink terrain either. Like this is really grade A cardstock terrain. We've talked about it before in our, our in-depth Infinity or Code One episode. Um, so I mean, it's it's decent terrain. Um, I would start there. See how everyone's feeling. You know, th- there's a lot of options that you can go into with all the different uh, you know factions because obviously Code One doesn't do sectorials, which are those like more themed lists that have more special rules. Um, you know, so get an idea for where you want to go from there. See what factions you like. Look at the models. Um, Infinity has so many different themes and, and model count that it can't... I mean, I'm on my third faction now with Infinity, and it took me a long time to find a place that I was comfortable. So, you know, I basically went through three factions to do that. So, this is one of those games that you can do that. Um, Rule of Cool is always still there as well, too. Um, but again, I, I would say just start at Code 1, start small, and, and move your way through there. Eventually, all the armies are going to get pulled into Code 1, um, and they will be doing small releases for them as well, too, as time goes through. Uh, so just check that out, start there, and then move forward as your group gets comfortable you know, with the game and moving forward to more advanced rules, bringing in sectorials, and other things like that. Cool. Paul, do you have anything you want to add? No, I think he, I think he nailed it. Or subtract. Um, I think I think code 1 is essential uh, because it does teach yes. you all of those core rules that you need and kind of keeps the model count down to help reduce that overwhelm mm-hmm. uh, because it is a uh, rules over high rules overhead game. Um, so code 1 does a really good job of reducing that and it, I think it's just a really good place for, for newer players to come in. And all, a lot of the factions are cool. So even if you if you just uh, 
you know, get in on one that's in code one and then decide you want to branch out into something else as you get into N4, uh, I don't I don't think you'll be disappointed with that. Yeah. And I, I want to add one thing, um, if, if you guys don't mind here. And and what I'll say is that those operation boxes, if you're if you are the person in your area and you're like, you know what, I want to get people playing Infinity, um, buying one of those operation boxes is the thing to do. You buy that box, you paint the model. So there'll be 14 models inside at seven to seven, seven to a side. And it, they have a beautiful mat, extremely well done terrain. And, and this is set up to a point that if you were to talk to your FLGS and say, hey, I need a table so I can demo this game, though that, that box by itself sets up to a beautiful demo table. Uh, and you, it is so good looking that even if you paint them with just like contrast paints and you barely try, people are going to be like, oh my God, this game is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. What is this? Agree. So that's the, that's the one, that's the two cents that I'll add to that, that this particular topic. Now, gentlemen, starting with Chris, do you see Infinity being one of your top three games? And what we mean by top three is is it one of your main stable games and will it be the game you're playing week on week? Oh, 100%. Like, I will be bringing Infinity with me every night, guaranteed. Uh, regardless if I'm playing something else, you know, some on a night, if I'm playing a different game, Infinity will be in the car with me. I, it, I'm, I'm like Paul, it took me a couple tries to get into Infinity and this this time it's it's really clicked with me and I I love this game. It's, it's a ton of fun. It's... It's my game right now, uh, this and Legion, and because they both fit different niches with, you know, very small scale skirmish game, uh, which is very fast paced, very quick into, you know, large scale um, mass battle Star Wars. So um, they, you know, they fit two different things so I can play both of those and feel comfortable with those being my top two games, probably Infinity edging Legion out just a little bit when I'm not geeking out over Star Wars, which will happen. Uh, when new stuff comes out, but I think Infinity just edges it out just a little bit because if I can get so many games in so quickly with Infinity. Fair. Paul? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am absolutely horrible at the game, but I love it so much that, yeah. yeah it'll be, amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I suck, but yeah, I love it. I, I, I enjoy the fact that I get my lieutenant killed on the first turn every game I play. <clears throat> I enjoy that uh, I get shot go into the button loss of lieutenant sucks but i still like i've played games where i've been so bad that we played the top half of turn one and i played so badly that i'm like all right let's re-rack but you know like the game itself is just so it's it's so good that i don't care um and that that probably says a lot about it plus one of the things we didn't talk about um is that the game has a really heavy off the table presence Right. So so even if you're not playing, it's a very easy game to think about and, you know, think about what models you might want to play with um, or or even just, you know, how to play or thinking about um, how you can improve, like thinking about different angles, you know, movement, thinking just just all those little things that you can you can think about a game when you're when you're off the off the table, you know, just brings more value to the game in, in my eyes. You know, the more time you're thinking about it, the more time you're playing, thinking about the game, it just makes so much more value for the money that you put in it than if it's a game that you only think about when you're actually playing it. And I think that's huge for me as 
as a selling point for it. Yeah. And and you're not kidding about that off the table time. Like it, it's, you know, in, in even like leading into the games, right? Like just there's so much of it. Like, yeah. Um, so any, uh, closing thoughts or, uh, any questions that you guys have for each other that you wanted to ask about infinity or to me? Yeah. Uh, I, I actually do Kevin. Uh, maybe we don't, we, you don't talk about it much, but what, what faction are you playing or interested in playing and why? Um, I'll be playing, uh, O12 throughout the, uh, Probably through most of N4, if I can, at least until a faction comes out that really grips me like a new shiny one, uh, partly because I needed a faction to play and they were one of the factions that was in the box that I bought, um, partly because I picked a badass color scheme and then also partly because when I started playing them, I realized that I love glue uh, and they're like the faction that has glue guns um, and plus it's kind of silly like being like space cops. So... Um, it, you know, it, I'd love to say that there was like some huge hook that drew me in, uh, to O12, but it was really like a combination of small factors that made me really fall in love with them. Um, and their aesthetic is great to me too. So it just, everything lined up. So I'm playing O12, probably Starmada. Awesome. And Potter, you already talked about MO, uh, and yep. your, yeah. your deep love of the Knights and the heavy armor. Yeah. I, I mean, just ever since, um, uh, it kind of... I was in college. I was a history uh, major specifically was going to specialize in medieval history. Um, so, you know, when I started playing GW games, went black Templar, uh, went from there to war machine with Menoth. So the religious zealot kind of nutballs is my thing. <laughs> and, uh, Pano with military orders, they fit that to a T. So this vault. <laughs> And how about you? Yeah, for me, uh, as I said, combined army. Uh, two reasons. I Well, first reason I got into it was because they were 300-point box at the time. So it was kind of that convenience of it. But as I learned more about it, I uh, just love the fact that they're kind of that alien faction that kind of sits outside the human sphere of influence and is trying to not necessarily care what humans they're taking over, but everybody should join in with them. Not quite in the Tao way of like, you know, greater good and all that stuff. It's it's more aggressive. So, and, and the other thing is that I, it's, they kind of play completely different than what I tend to usually play because I, I, I try to usually... Stay with more like horde armies and, and mass armies as opposed to elite armies. So it's been not only just trying to figure out infinity, but trying to kind of figure out that different play style, uh, which might be one of the reasons why I feel so terrible at the game. But I feel like it's always a mental exercise to figure that out for me. So I've, I've really been enjoying that and figuring out how to leverage their eliteness and eventually I'll figure out how to not get my lieutenant killed in turn one. Yeah, honestly, I'd actually like to see some U.S. Ariadna in your hands and see what you do. <laughs> that or that or Hawk Islam. 15 orders. Let's go. Boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like for me, Hawk Islam uh, is, is interesting because they are uh, fairly, you know, doctor heavy as well. So, you know, a lot of irregular troops and the ability to pop them back up, hopefully. 
Um, and boy, lots of different ways to bring troops on the table too. Mm-hmm. Like you can, if you want to run a lot of stealth, you can run a lot of stealth. If you want to run a lot of drop troopers, you can run a lot of. Drop God, troopers. I love drop troopers. Like a tag heavy. Yeah, me too. I have three deltas now. I realize. <laughs> yeah, there's, I really, uh, really like drop troopers. Yeah, there's a reason um, why I have a code dally for every sectoral. Yeah, and I like deltas are just great. Oh man, what a cool model! If you want to see a, like a definitive infinity model, like one of those quintessential models, like the the O twelve delta with boarding shotgun is just like perfect example of what infinite how gorgeous the minis are. Um. Yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, Infinity, very, very, very good. Thank you so much for selling this game. I, uh, I honestly, I was like, yeah, I love Infinity, but not really knowing when we when I get my next game in. And now I'm like about to send a text to my buddy that I play with <laughs> right, right now and be like, so when are we playing uh, Code One? Yeah, and I'm about to send the uh, same text to Chris. <laughs> uh, April twenty fourth, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That could be. Um, I should have my I should have my cult my cult from expansion terrain by then. Oh, good. So we can have a right. control room. And so uh, thank you to our to our patrons. Uh, as you guys can tell, you know that we're here week on week again. We are back. Uh, so thank you for your continued support, especially through times where we weren't as uh, release heavy. Um, you guys are the reason that we keep going. So thank you for your support. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on patreon.com slash three men in a war game. Also at all these social media sites at three men in a war game spelled out. Um, thank you to static and city for our excellent intro and outro songs. And I don't think anything, I miss anything else. So bye. say is we should just like snippet that for you and let you just post that somewhere because that was probably the best two to three minute description i've ever heard of this game